the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Hour number two underway now, eight minutes past ten. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420. The answer, it is a Wednesday, the very first morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. We'll go back to the analysis of what's going on in Afghanistan, which, of course, uh, you know, the Afghanistan war, they call it the 20-year war, dates back to September 11, 2001. We are just ten days away from that anniversary and the commemoration of lives lost and heroism on display. Um, perhaps no heroism was more widely known and well-regarded on that day than the heroism uh, displayed by Stephen Siller. Stephen Siller is a, uh, New York fire de- uh, was a New York Fire Department uh, firefighter who was off-duty, who laid down his life to save other people while America was attacked in an, in an unbelievable way. He made a journey uh, from tunnel to towers, quite literally, through a tunnel, about a 3.2-mile uh, run, I believe it was, in full equipment gear to get to the towers once he had heard that the terrorist attack was was underway, then got there and began to climb the stairs of one of the towers, uh, at which point he lost his life in the collapse. His story has just become legendary over the last two decades. We talk with Chris Rico of Medina's Tunnel to Towers 5K run, which kind of replicates Stephen Siller's heroic run and attempt to save people that day. Uh, We talk to him every single year at about this time. Today we get to talk to somebody uh, who's even more personal uh, to the situation because he is the brother to Stephen Siller, and he is undertaking a mission of his own, and in fact he's in in the middle of it right now. Um, and that is the Never Forget Walk. Over 42 days, the CEO of Tunnel to Towers, Frank Siller, is walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville, Pennsylvania, then on up to Ground Zero, uh, the site of the World Trade Center attacks. And Frank Siller joins us now to discuss this extraordinary event and the mission of Tunnel to Towers. Frank, it's an honor to talk to you, sir. Thank you so much for making the time for us. How are you this morning? 
I'm terrific, and thank you for having me on. Uh, I, I am in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It is teeming out. We're going to get four to six inches of rain today. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, yeah. so I had a 15-mile day uh, planned. It might be a little bit less today, but whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, I love doing this in memory of my brother and all those who perished uh, uh, 20 years ago. And I, I really have to thank in, in Medina. Uh, like you said, Chris uh, DeRico and Mark Phillips for the great efforts out there. They have a run every year, a 5K run for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. We have about 100 runs all across the country, uh, but these two great uh, gentlemen are just, uh, they just want to make sure that they do good as well and that we take care of our first responders and our men and women in uniform. You know, I, I want to talk about your walk. I want to talk about the mission of Tunnel to Towers Foundation and the number of catastrophically injured uh, uh, soldiers and fighters that you have provided mortgage-free homes for, Gold Star families, and so forth. But I, I just want to focus on your brother for a second. I ask Chris to kind of retell the story every year, and I'll read some of the accounts of what Stephen did when he went through that Brooklyn Battery t- uh, Tunnel and, and made his way toward the towers. Um, you know, but I want to hear it from you, Frank Siller. Nobody, I, I am I'm moved. You know, it's weird. You can see a commercial or a PSA a certain number of times, and eventually I've heard that message so many times before you kind of get numb to it. Every time I hear your voice and those of some of the supporters like Mark Wahlberg, but particularly your voice, I hear the sincerity and the passion in your voice for what Tunnel to Towers does. Uh, and I know that's because of the sacrifice that your brother made. So uh, I'm just so moved every time I hear your voice. I want to hear your voice now and talk to me about your brother. Well, Stephen was a dynamic human being uh, even before he died. He died the way he lived by serving people. Uh, but on September 11, 2001, he was just finished his night tour in Squad 1 in Brooklyn. He was on his way home to play golf with my brother Russ, my brother George, and myself. The four brothers were going to have a beautiful day together. But, you know, he heard on the radio scanner that the towers were hit. And, you know, what do firefighters do? And first responders and, and our military, they run right at the danger. And, and that's exactly what he did. He went back to his firehouse, got his gear, went to the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, where it was closed for security reasons, and strapped that 60 pounds of fire gear on his back and ran through that tunnel, came out the other side to help and to save. And, 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 and that's what he was doing. He was saving people. Uh, went into the South Tower, up those stairs, stairs and, uh, well, you know, saving other people, he gave up his own life. So we were so proud of what he did, and that's why we uh, started the uh, tunnel uh, to Towers uh, Foundation in his honor, and we wanted to honor all those who perished that day. Well, you said earlier there were so many uh, acts of heroism. Uh, Stephen's symbolic of all those acts of heroism, and um, and that's uh, what the foundation's all about. We want to remember a- everyone and, and what they did that day. Frank Siller is our guest. He is the CEO and the founder of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which for 20 years has honored Stephen Siller's legacy. And, uh, you know, let's talk about the work you've done to date before we talk about what you hope to accomplish with your incredible walk, your Never Forget walk that you're on right now. How many homes have you provided through Tunnel to Towers to, as I said, catastrophically injured veterans and, uh, and Gold Star families with children? 450, over $250 million uh, we've raised to, to, to do that. Um, but it sounds like a tremendous amount, and it is, and we're proud of it. You know, we never in a million years knew we were going to do all this work when we started the foundation. 
but it's necessary. But and but the point that I'm trying to make here is that there's so much more work that has to be done. There, there are so many more catastrophically injured service members that are waiting for a home, and we've built over 100 of them all over the United States. There's so many Gold Star families that we have not taken care of yet that their loved one gave their life for our country, and they have young families left behind. They don't get much from our government. They get like $100,000. Uh, we know $100,000 doesn't do uh, enough for them to take care of their where they're going to live for the rest of their lives. So if they don't have a home, we build them a home. And if they have one, we pay off their mortgage. And then, of course, for fallen first responders, when you die in the line of duty and you leave young families behind, we're going to pay off their mortgage. And, you know, there's uh, nearly 200 police officers this year that was shot and killed, you know, shot and killed or killed in the line of duty and, uh, and many firefighters. So we have a work cut out for us, uh, Bob. We have uh, so much work that still has to be done. And that's why we ask people to go to T2T.org and donate as little as $11 a month. You know, the fire department is saying many hands make light work. If many Americans come together and donate $11 a month, we can not only deliver 200 mortgage-free homes this year, because that's what we're delivering this year alone. Mm-hmm. We could deliver 200 homes every single year uh, going forward because it is that, that uh, kind of need. So here's a promise that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has made to our military and to our first responders, that when you go to serve your country or you go to serve your community and you give your kids a kiss goodbye and you don't come home, we are going to take care of your family. We are going to deliver them a mortgage-free home. That's what $11 a month can do. Uh, and I don't think it's asking too much for people to join us on that promise and our mission to take care of these families. Wow. That is simply spectacular. And 200, the promise is 200 more homes this year alone. And I know, uh, it takes donations, like you talked about. Go to t2t.org for that and also to participate in some of the runs that we talk about. You know, those are fundraisers as well, including the one that's coming up in Medina on 912, um, so, which will be Sunday. Frank, let's talk about your walk now. You decided over the course of 42 days to walk, as I mentioned, from, you know, the, the three sites of the, of the, of the, uh, the losses of life there from Shanksville, uh, to the Pentagon to, to New York City. Where are you in that course of over 500 miles? How many miles have you logged thus far? I'm over, well over 400 miles. It's 537 miles to be exact. Mm-hmm. And I'm well over 400 miles. I started the Pentagon on August 1st, laid a wreath there, said a prayer with my family, and then started my journey to Shanksville. August uh, 21st, I was at Shanksville I, uh, with, with 40 New York City firefighters that, were, that joined me that day. They actually cooked in the morning. We had a breakfast at the firehouse that responded to the, uh, to the Flight 93 wow. in Shanksville. So we, we had breakfast with hundreds of people cooked by New York City firefighters. Then we marched up the nearly three miles to the site, later uh, arose at the c- concrete columns that were there for each one of the 40 great heroes. First battle against the war on terrorism was that fight on that plane when they took it back and they brought that plane down to save the Americans on the ground. But I was at the impact uh, site. You know, there's a, a big b- uh, boulder there that depicts where the plane uh, you know, uh, uh, hit the land. And uh, I knelt down and said a prayer there, and I put my hands on the boulder, and I asked the firefighter one to join me. All the firefighters knelt with me. We said the Lord's Prayer. The emotions were gushing out of, our, out of us. 
Um, it was one of the most uh, emotional moments of my whole life because I'm thinking of those 40 great heroes that brought that plane down. I'm thinking my brother. I'm thinking of the other firefighters that are with me that lost their friends or family members themselves. I'm thinking of the 2,977 Americans that, that were killed that day. And all this emotion is coming at, uh, out of me at, the, at this moment. Uh, it's a moment I'll never forget the rest of my life. And now I'm going to ground zero. I will be there on September 11th. I will be walking through the same tunnel that my brother ran through, albeit I'll be doing it with sneakers. He did it with his fire gear on. When he came out the other side, Bob, he looked at two buildings on fire. He saw people jumping from the building. So they were faced with a choice, burn or jump. And many of them jumped. Could you imagine having that decision if you were above the fire line? I've been he trying to imagine it towers. for 20 years. Yeah, he ran into those towers. And, I, and I'm just I'm walking to ground zero, and I'm going to say a prayer right at 10 House. Uh, where it lay a wreath, and I'm going to be with hundreds, if not thousands, of firefighters and police officers and my family for sure. And I'm sure their emotions will pour out again uh, as it's been on this whole 537-mile journey that I've been on. Yeah, I cannot even imagine the emotion you just described there at Shanksville and touching that boulder. And by the way, thank you for correcting my order of things here, Pentagon to Shanksville, to to the uh, World Trade Center. Uh, when you get there, uh, Frank, and you you know you, you you can't predict obviously how things are going to go, but do, does your mind go to your brother automatically, or just to the enormity of what you of where you are, the thousands of people, the jumpers you just talked about, those who died in the collapse, those who died in the actual planes that struck the building. Is it is it an overall thing that you feel, or is your mind on your brother? Well, every day of this walk, I think of my brother. So 100%, when I'm walking through that tunnel, it will be, my thoughts will be about my brother. Absolutely, no doubt about it. When I come out of that tunnel and I walk to ground zero, it'll be about all of them. Uh, it, the foundation has always made sure that we remembered all of them, and most certainly the first responders. Albeit, it is a very personal thing for me and my family. I'll be with my wife. I'll be with my children. I'll be with my grandchildren. I'll be with my brother and my sisters. They'll be with their kids and their grandchildren. So it is very personal and, and, and private uh, 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 emotions that, that I will have uh, about my brother, Stephen. But rest assured, just like I was at Shanksville and I thought of all those first responders, the 40 on Flight 93, the plane went into the Pentagon, the two planes that went into the one in the North Tower and the South Tower. I'll be thinking of every single American uh, that were killed and murdered that day and the others that went in there and died in the line of duty. Uh, I, I just we, we are so blessed in America. We are so blessed in America to have people that protect us, that give their lives. For us, every single day, they're willing to die for us every single day. We better, as Americans, we better take care of these families that when they do die, all too often, that we take care of these families that are left behind. And that is the promise of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And I just pray that people join us on this mission of doing good. St. Francis of Assisi said, brothers and sisters, while we have time, let us do good. The work the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is good because we're taking care of of the greatness of America, the greatness of America, those who are willing to die, Bob, for you and for I, and we better take care of them, and we will. I know we will because we are the greatest country that ever existed. 
Beautifully stated, Frank Siller, Tunnel to Tower CEO and founder. Last question for you before you go, and I, I really, again, appreciate your time. And I'm not going to ask you to be political. I know Tunnel, Tunnel to Towers is an apolitical organization. Um, but less than two months after your brother was killed, along with 3,000 other Americans, roughly, uh, we went to Afghanistan to take out those who did it and who were responsible for it. Now, while you've been on your walk, a lot of things have happened in the last couple of weeks, uh, including yesterday, the official final day of our engagement in Afghanistan. Do you have any thoughts or reflections uh, on the, uh, you know, the mission that we engaged in there uh, in late 2001 and that ended yesterday? Well, uh, this is what uh, my reflections are, is that we had uh, Americans that went there to protect us here on our homeland, and they did, and they have. Um, we've been there an awful long time. I, I My sadness is for the 13 families that just lost their loved one. It didn't have to happen that way. The greatest country in, in, in the world could have made sure that we left in the, in the proper, safe way, that we made sure every American got out of there well before uh, we left there, and that we made sure that every interpreter, everybody that helped us on the war on terror, that we took care of those Afghan families, because if you, the ones that are left behind, they're going to be slaughtered. Taliban, ISIS are going to slaughter them, and anybody who thinks differently is naive, and that's... That, that is why we were attacked 20 years ago because we, we put our head in the sand and we weren't ready. Well, you know, I don't think our head is in the sand anymore. I do believe that America is more prepared today with our intelligence, and, um, and we, I don't believe that we're going to let our guard down. That being said, I pray that uh, 9-11 never happens again because I don't want other families to go through. That's just what my family went through, but 2,977 American families uh, that went through. So... I pray for our military that they don't have to go back over there in that kind of uh, operation again. But rest assured, something is going to happen because that's just the way the world that we live in. People are trying to kill us, and they're not going to stop. Well, we join you in those prayers, Frank Siller. Uh, I want to thank you again for the work that you're doing, for the walk that you're on. By the way, how many pairs of sneakers do you plan to go through for 537 miles? Well, I have eight pairs with me. <laughs> and uh, I've gone, th- I've gone through plenty of them. And don't forget, I trained. Uh, I trained about fifteen months prior to this. I was walking fifteen months straight, ten, anywhere from ten to fifteen miles a day to get ready uh, for this. So I've gone through a lot of pairs of sneakers. But uh, truth is, this is nothing. Uh, people's spirit uh, carry me every single day. Uh, it's when I go well, look. Look at some of these mountains, West Virginia. Uh, mountains in Cumberland, oh Maryland, mountains by Shanksville. I mean, uh, you look at them, they're enormous. And I, and then I get to the top of them and I say, how do they do that? And, and the truth is, I, I, I just think it's the spirit of all these great uh, people that have gone, uh, protected us, you know, these great first responders, carried me up this hill, just like they carry us every single day in, in, our, in our community. So I really don't feel it. It's nothing. Uh, but I do know people are praying, and I appreciate the prayers because they are making this a, a beautiful journey of joy. Well, no doubt that the spirit of your heroic brother, Stephen, is carrying you up those mountains as well. Frank Siller, Tunnel to Towers Foundation CEO, thank you for what you do. Thank you for continuing to do it. And God bless you on the rest of your walk. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you, sir. Uh, The website is T2T. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter T. All right, just so you want to look this up. T, then the number two, T.org. It stands for Tunnel to Towers. And that's where you can go to make a donation to this organization, which, as you just heard, is providing hundreds of 
catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, as well as Gold Star families with mortgage-free homes. Um, their work is invaluable. And by the way, as you heard Frank talking about, and I know I'm running up against it here, but uh, the run in Medina takes place the day after the 9-11 commemoration on 9-12 this year. You can do the 5K run or even donate if you can't run. Maybe you want to participate in the mile walk. But whatever you can do, register at tunnel2towersmedina.org. Now, just understand the difference there. There's T, the the number 2, T.org for the national organization. But for the Medina run and walk, go to tunnel, the number 2, towersmedina.org if you want to participate. It's 1026. We'll be back. Ohio's first station is now the answer for Northeast Ohio. We're AM 1420, the answer. Two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, it's 1036. Thanks again for joining us on AM 1420. The answer, and thanks again to Frank Siller, CEO of uh, Tunnel to Towers. Uh, do us all a favor, seriously. If you are looking for places to donate money, there are a lot of great choices. Uh, Tunnel to Towers is is among the very best. T2T.org, T2T.org, and help provide um, assistance. Mortgage-free homes for the fall, uh, families of fallen heroes like Stephen Siller, his brother, and, of course, uh, all of those with catastrophic injuries. Um serving in the war on terror, serving in the service of the United States, first responders, Gold Star families, and more. Just an amazing, amazing story. As we get closer and closer to the 20th anniversary of 9-11, I promise you the emotions are going to get stronger and stronger. Okay, um, I want to get a couple of other points in here with respect to the disgusting, despicable display Uh, by the President of the United States with respect to withdrawal of our troops from Afghanistan. In the midst of defending himself and saying that the buck stops with me, but by the way, I did everything right, proclaiming the withdrawal of our troops, which led to Afghanis, Afghans hanging on to planes as 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 they departed, falling to their deaths, Thousands of them swarming, trying to get on planes. Airports being occupied by Taliban Taliban checkpoints. Attacks on the airport. 13 American service members killed. In the midst of all of that and declaring it an extraordinary success, he he literally did say that this entire affair was an extraordinary success. No nation. No nation has ever done anything like it in all of history. The only the United States had the capacity and the will and ability to do it, and we did it today. The extraordinary success of this mission was due to the incredible skill, bravery, and selfless courage of the United States military and our diplomats 
and intelligence professionals. Extraordinary success of hundreds of Americans being left behind enemy lines in the hands of the Taliban. Extraordinary success in 13 service members being killed by suicide bombers allowed through checkpoints by his new buddies at the Taliban. In the midst of his victory lap, even though he was defeated, Joe Biden has had to have meetings with the family members of some of the fallen, including uh, the mother of one of the 13, a Kareem M. Nikui. He's a Marine Corps Lance Corporal. Her name is Shanna Chapel, who met with Joe Biden, uh, supposedly to hear condolences from the commander-in-chief. But rather than condolences... According to Miss Chapel, what she got was a president who couldn't care less about her loss, who rolled his eyes as she talked about her son, and who decided that his son was more important in the meeting. She wrote a letter and posted it online, for which her account was then suspended for daring to criticize our bumbling, stumbling buffoon of a commander-in-chief, Joe Biden. This is what she wrote. President Joe Biden, this message is for you. I know my face is etched into your brain. I was able to look you straight in the eyes yesterday and have words with you. After I lay my son to rest, you will see you will be seeing me again. Remember, I am the one who stood five inches from your face and was letting you know I would never get to hug my son again. Hear his laugh. And then you tried to interrupt me and give me your own sob story. And I had to tell you that this isn't about you. So don't make it about you. You then said you just wanted me to know that you know how I feel. And I let you know you don't know how I feel. And do not have the right to tell me that you know how I feel. You then rolled your blanking eyes in your head. Her, her blank was a word that started with the letter F, just so you know. You rolled your blanking eyes in your head like you were annoyed with me. And I let you know that the only reason I was talking to you was out of respect for my son, and that that was the only reason why. I then proceeded to tell you again how you took my son away from me, and how I will never get to hug him, kiss him, laugh with him again, etc. You turned to walk away, and I let you know my son's blood was on your hands. And you threw your hand up behind you as you walked away from me, like you were saying, okay, whatever. You are not the President of the United States of America, Biden. Cheating isn't winning. You are no leader of any kind. You are a weak human being and a traitor. You turned your back. My page is frozen for a second. My apologies. You turned your back on my son, on all of our heroes. You are leaving the White House one way or another because you do not belong there. My son's blood is on your hands. All 13 of them, their blood is on your hands. If my president, Trump, was in his right, rightful seat, then my son and the other heroes would still be alive. You will be seeing me again very soon. By the way, as my son and the rest of our fallen heroes were being taken off the plane yesterday, I watched you disrespect us all five different, disrespect us all five different times by checking your watch. What the blank was so important that you had to keep looking at your watch? You are nobody special, Biden. America hates you. Shanna Chapel wrote that online yesterday and had her account suspended by Facebook for it. It was also tweeted 
and also summarily removed. Now, they have claimed that this Gold Star mother, whose son was taken away in such a terrible way, they are saying that it was an error, that it should not have been removed. But it was done. This just means, yes, we removed it, and yes, we hear the complaints, yes, we hear the criticism, and so we're going to say we shouldn't have done that. But they did exactly what they wanted to do. And for my my purposes here, I'll just say this. I believe every syllable of what she wrote. We've seen the video of him as the coffins were being taken off the plane, looking at his watch as if he's got better places to be. We've seen that. And we heard him in his speech over a week ago talking about the deaths of the 13 uh, uh, service members and trying to compare his loss of his son, Bo Biden, who died of brain cancer, to the loss of those in combat. And specifically those who were put in combat in that dangerous situation by a very, very slow-witted or dementia added, a dementia patient, rather, dementia-addled pre-Alzheimer's patient, I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, You know, this, this guy embarrassed himself and, again, tried to compare his own son's brain cancer to those who died in combat, and those who died in combat were only there because of his mistakes, because of his ridiculous inability to understand sequencing. Citizens... Excuse me, civilians first, military equipment second, fighting forces last to leave the post. That's the way it was supposed to be. If it had been, there would have been no last second hundred and or two hundred thousand people airlifted to safety, unlike anything ever else uh, uh, ever done before. I would remind you, and I made this t- uh, this uh, analogy yesterday, and I'll say it again today. Captain E.J. Smith, captain of the Titanic, whose reckless actions led to the slamming of that ship into the iceberg that caused the ice or caused the ship to sink, did not stand on the deck of that uh, ship as it went down, admiring what a great job they did filling the, the lifeboats. He didn't go down admiring the job he did. He went down with the ship acknowledging his recklessness led to the disaster. He went down with the ship as he should have. Joe Biden should go down with this ship that is Afghanistan and the withdrawal of the troops therefrom. Joe Biden should go down with that ship, and instead he's on TV bragging about how well he filled the lifeboats. Impossible. Impossible to understand. Ron is in Grafton. Ron, thanks for your patience. You're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, no problem, Bob. Um, quick thing uh, comes to mind, uh, the quote from Rahm Emanuel and many others before him, uh, let no crisis go to waste. And after uh, hearing some of the reporters talk about the, the issue in Afghanistan, we're going to, I think he's opened up Pandora's box. Um, the thing with Pakistan, Iran, <clears throat> And Afghanistan, that's going to be a huge terrorist situation that we're not going to feel the full results of for the next 50 years. Um, they're going to have a nuclear weapon. Uh, Pakistan's due to fall, uh, and that's only one small part of the world that we have to worry about. Uh, if you consider what China's got in their mind, we are so weak right now as a country. 
anybody that wants to take advantage of us is going to. Whether that's going to happen in the next uh, weeks, months, or, or years, it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting here with our our fly open waiting for <laughs> I can't think of any other term right now, but this is crazy, and it, it's really frightening. He has opened Pandora's box, and that's about all i got to say. Ron, I'm glad you said it because you're exactly right, and, and thank you for the call. It is going to be something that has felt the ramifications for many, many years to come. Let's just put it bluntly. If I haven't said it this bluntly yet during this program, let me say it now. America is less safe today than we were yesterday. America is less safe today than we were a year ago. America is less safe today than we have been in 20 years. Because Joe Biden just turned over control of Afghanistan to a terror organization. In the process, that terror organization is partnering with other terror organizations, including Al-Qaeda and ISIS-K. And those terror organizations combined now have $85 billion worth of war equipment at their disposal. American war equipment. American helicopters. American uh, rocket launchers. American rifles. American munitions. Transport vehicles. And more. All in the hands of terrorists. All at the direction of the commander-in-chief who didn't know that the proper protocol, and neither apparently did his ridiculously incompetent leaders of the military, uh, Lloyd Austin, who's the defense secretary, Mark Milley, who's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, none of them told him, hey, sir, you got to get the stuff out before you take the troops out. Otherwise, the stuff is going to be in the hands of the people who hate us and try to kill us. They didn't even tell him that, and he didn't even know that. It's impossible to comprehend, but that's the reality of it. America is less safe today because of this man and because of the decisions that he made. And his decisions will have long, they're not just less safe today, we're not just less safe today, we're going to be less safe next year and the year after that and the year after that, until we end up having to go back in there and fight again. I played this before, I think it's worth hearing again. Because it doesn't come from Bob France, who is not a fan of Joe Biden. It comes from Richard Engel and NBC, which are fans of Joe Biden. And even they have to admit the obvious truth. Bin Laden is sitting in Tora Bora, is sitting in Afghanistan. It is the example of what has just happened. The example that a small group of Islamist fighters... A little clarity there. That clip began where he said Bin Laden is sitting in Tora Bora. What he had said prior to that was, it is not as if the next Bin Laden is sitting in Tora Bora right now. He said, but the example that has been set here, and I'll let him pick it up from there. Osama bin Laden is sitting in Tora Bora, is sitting in Afghanistan. It is the example of what has just happened. The example that a small group of Islamist fighters can push out a superpower that could inspire the next bin Laden. So uh, Pr- President Biden talked a lot about the, the, this war being uh, yesterday's threat, that it had gone on too long, and a lot of Americans support leaving, uh, leaving Afghanistan. But he didn't talk very much about the current dangers, the current situation, the threats that we face 
today because a state in Central Asia has collapsed. It is now being controlled by the Taliban. The Taliban still have relations with other extremist groups. No real indications that they're going to break those, uh, those, those ties. And the region itself is very, very nervous about further instability. Iran is spreading its influence. Pakistan, which has 200 million people and nuclear weapons, shares a border with, uh, with Afghanistan. Many tribal connections, many militant groups just on the Pakistani side of the border who could very easily be inspired by what has happened in, the, uh, in Afghanistan. So when you talk about future threats, I think you need to recognize that what has happened right now is also extraordinarily dangerous for Afghans, for the regions, and potentially also for Americans. That's what Ron was referring to. And Ron is right, and Richard Engel of NBC is right there. We are in a very, very dangerous place right now. And it didn't have to be this way. It absolutely did not have to be this way. The decision-making by Joe Biden here is going to cost American lives. Probably the lives, it already has, 13 service members in that airport. Probably the next will be the hundreds of Americans that were abandoned on direct command by Joe Biden in Afghanistan who are going to be held hostage and slaughtered. Frank Siller even said that they're going to be slaughtered by the Taliban. And if you don't think that, you are naive. And then it's going to come to the, to the, uh, to the homeland, as it did 20 years ago on 9-11-2001. It's all lined up. And all of this, because COVID-19 allowed the Democrats to steal an election last November. I'll be right back. A friend, uh, a friend just texted me video. Remember, I told you I had video from the L.A. Times of um, Taliban fighters firing their weapons in celebration of the American defeat and withdrawal, and then going inside a giant hangar to inspect the uh, uh, Chinook helicopters that are now theirs, part of the eighty-five billion dollars worth of American military equipment that now is in the hands of the Taliban. A friend of mine just sent me a text of a parade. They're parading American tanks through the streets of, I am assuming, Kabul, but I don't know for sure, in front of celebratory Taliban. They're driving the tanks saying, look what we've got, look what we've got. Can somebody tell me how this is not impeachable for Joe Biden? Can somebody explain that to me? How is this not impeachable? The definition of treason is giving aid, or excuse me, aiding and abetting our enemy. Now, the Taliban is our enemy. And Joe Biden, knowingly and willingly, just gave them $85 billion worth of American military equipment and weaponry and munitions. If that's not giving aid and abetting our enemy, I don't know what is. Finally... We'll have to ask ourselves this. Is America's policy of negotiating with terrorists now over? It has been essentially the American policy in foreign relations since the beginning of this republic that we don't negotiate with terrorists, or at least since the beginning of terrorism. We don't negotiate with terrorists. 
Well, yesterday, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan declared that we're going to have leverage over the Taliban. Leverage over the Taliban based on how they treat the American hostages, which they are soon to be because they were abandoned by Joe Biden, uh, properly. Saying that if they mistreat our American citizens who are still in Afghanistan, well, then we won't pay them. You hear that? We'll pay them to not harm American citizens. Is that not like paying a ransom when somebody is taken hostage? Jake Sullivan said, and I quote, when it comes to our economic and development assistance relationship with the Taliban, that will be about the Taliban's actions. It will be about whether they follow through on commitments. It's going to be up to them, and we're going to wait and see by their actions how we end up responding in terms of the economic and development assistance. We are considering, Joe Biden is considering paying the Taliban now, giving them economic assistance as they parade our $85 billion worth of military equipment that they now control through the streets of Afghanistan. Joe Biden is planning on paying them as long as the Taliban, uh, Taliban's actions as they see it warrant. That's a direct negotiation with a terrorist organization, which we don't do. And that is a direct um, promise to aid the enemies financially of the United States of America. They're going to use our dollars to plan and carry out terror acts against the United States and our allies. How did we get here? We'll try to figure it out and come back tomorrow morning with more answers on AM 1420, The Answer. Have a great day. Be well, be safe. Remain free. Bye-bye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.